Hello everyone, this is Leif Hetlen and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And uh, I just came home from the voice of the apostles and just sensing that there's still this fire that is just burning in my bones. And then uh, this morning I just woke up and we have Jack, Taylor and Frida, they are visiting our home. And I have actually, or I wouldn't call it special guests because they are family. Uh, today I have uh, my dear friend Greg and then uh, Michelle that has become uh, covenant friends. Uh, Jennifer and myself, I think after actually several years of praying, uh, just uh, believed that God was going to uh, connect us with somebody that we could just do life together with. Uh, usually when I'm at home, uh, my wife knows if I've been with Greg because she sees when I get home and she realizing there's there's some relationship that I have and and, yeah. and it just recharges you. It's what we call glory management. You go from glory to glory when you are with friends. And that's what uh, Greg and Michelle is doing. And then I got this very pleasant surprise. And that's part of the reason I've wanted so badly for everyone that is out here. Uh, Michelle has written a phenomenal book it's a very practical book. I think it is a book that is going to help each one of us to uh, to finish well. And many of us, we have started well, but how do we finish well? How do we burn brightly without burning out? So uh, Papa Jack, he was sitting this morning. I gave the book to him. Uh, I also gave the book to Randy Clark and a few other people at the Voice of the Apostles, mainly just because I think we all need this practical tool. It will add value to each one of us. So I want to introduce you to Michelle. Welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I'm so much interested in uh, this very value that it, what it's going to do for us and everyone that is listening. Thank you, Leif, and thank you for inviting us here this morning. I'm, I'm excited to share with you and share with the family just what, what the Lord has done for me, and I hope it'll be helpful. Just tell me a little bit about, because I know this is not primarily about a book, it's about a life, but just share a little bit about you and Greg and some of your journey. Well, I think, uh, Leif, firstly, thanks for having us, and to the listeners, it's great. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, you, when you've been in ministry for a long time, and we've been th over 35 years in ministry, uh, as, as, and you're both working hard and pulling at the plow, um, I noticed that many of our friends who started in ministry with us had not uh, completed that, you know, and especially the ladies, um, the wives of people in ministry, because they bear the weight. And I, uh, Michelle has been such a gracious leader, and uh, we're 35 years in, and she still has shiny eyes for the people of God. She still loves Jesus. She still loves to see the Spirit of God move. She's she's still fresh and abiding and producing fruit. And one of our favorite things to do is minister to leaders as part of what the Lord's called us to do, and we do that in many nations. Um, and I've watched Michelle function here, and I've seen God use her powerfully to refresh and restore people. And one of the things we've noticed with leaders all across the nations is that you know, we all love the truth of God's word, but when you actually sit down and talk to them about how are you doing, um, it, it's sometimes uh, quite sad to see the state that people are in when you get behind the curtain, behind the veil, and you see where they are. And I've watched Michelle in the secret places of our marriage. Um, who she is and what she's doing and her walk with the Lord is, is real and it's vital. And I, and I, for many years, I've said to her, you have to write this down. You, you have to help other people. Because And that's my passion for this book. I think if people could captivate uh, some of the truths there and put them into practice, they can learn to live this way. Because Jesus never intended us to just be destroyed by the call of God that he puts on us. 
he intended us to thrive. So. Yeah, and I th- and I think if you've been in ministry for any amount of time, you know that ministry can be hard, mm-hmm. and it it can wear you out. And I think we've we've tasted the highs and lows of ministry. We prefer the highs, as most of us do. But it's you know, there's there's places of great joy and there's places of pain, and yet I know that that Jesus never called us to burn out for Him, mm. but He called us to a place to live in rest. So I think our, our heart is so much to see leaders thrive yeah. and not hit that wall because that just brings you to a place of such discouragement. But so I think that, um, behind behind the book is really just to share life, to share practical things that have been helpful to me and and my hope is that there will be some tools here for to, for people to sustain their walk with the Lord and and live in joy and live in, in rest in what God's called them to do. Yeah, I thought it's very interesting because uh, one of the first thing Monday and Tuesday we have what we call anger apostolic network of global awakening which is more the leadership they're coming in from around the world. Mm. But one of the first thing we could feel and sense and we are in this cutting edge in what the yeah. spirit is doing in the world but they people were tired yeah there, there was almost like a, yeah emotionally speaking tired mm-hmm. it's like there, there's been so many different battlefields and that's when I was thinking about even <laughs> I know that there's how, how do you keep your emotional cup filled yeah. and how do you stay in the yeah. secret place so one of the first thing they Tom Dr. Tom Jones has Share about anything you want to, but I really do believe these people, can you give them something, something also to just recharge them, to renew them, to refresh them? And that's, of course, I was thinking about your book because this book is just probably the most practical book I've ever read in regard to be able to help. A book that I wish I had 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So tell me about a little bit of some of the things that, um, of the journey that can help us to to continue to burn brighter, but without yeah. burning out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, I think for me, I've been amazed, and a continual revelation to me is how well Jesus modeled what, what we should be doing. Um, but the book starts in Psalm 91, He Who Dwells in the Secret Place. And when I looked up the definition of dwell, it's to live in. Mm. And then it says, He who dwells in the secret place will remain fixed. And so it was fascinating for me that Scripture has an answer to stability, and the answer is to live in the secret place of the Most High, to live in the presence of God. It's not something we come in and out of. Mm. And then when I look at Jesus' life, he was so practical. And a scripture that's always fascinated me is when he, when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment, and he said he felt power go from him. And I think many times as leaders, we don't realize that every time we minister, there is a there's an impartation of power. And Jesus had this all the time, and yet he withdrew often. Mm. And I think that's where sometimes, because there's just so much on our plates, that we neglect the withdrawing often. He withdrew often. He fed people. Even in the Old Testament, you know, Elijah was fed with bread and with the ravens, and God provided a hiding place for him. And so I think it just amazes me throughout Scripture, this is so practically demonstrated. Jesus fed them food. Jesus had friends at Bethany. And they're things that sometimes we can deem unspiritual, but they're the most spiritual things we can do. Sometimes it's just have time with our family, have a good meal. I think that's when we, we learn to dwell in, in relationship with the Lord. And I think many times, and I'm, and I'm sure you can identify with this too, we can be spiritually strong, 
but emotionally depleted. Yeah. And I've certainly discovered that. It's got nothing to do with, I, I love the Lord, ministry's flowing, but I can just feel exhausted inside. And to recognize that time with friends, just having a night at home, going on a date night, whatever that looks like, is actually very spiritual because I need to fill that emotional cup again. I think that uh, at least this is part of my journey because I think my emotional tank is a little lower right now because, again, I'm Been probably giving out, given out, given yeah. out, run from city to city and dealt with issue after issue on a larger level. But it's just sometimes I think what you do mm-hmm. so well in this book is just making practical, practical tools from setting boundaries to loving yourself. I yeah. mean, some of those different things, because I think that the, a lot of us, we do not have the tools that is needed. There's yeah. like one leak after another leak and before you know it it's not mm-hmm. meant that way and then mm-hmm. before you know it you're back down to E on your emotional tank yeah. so mm-hmm. what would be some of the practical just to care for yourself that is the first part of this book just learning how to love yourself the way that Papa God loves you what are some other tools that you have done? I think practically I've I've had to draw boundaries and have some me time that I put on my calendar because I've realized if I don't have it on my calendar it won't happen mm-hmm. I've also learned just um, as a pastor in ministry not to take my calendar to church because I, I can't make a quick decision. It's helpful for me to set that out ahead of time and then get back to people. That's just real practical. I think it's been helpful for me to identify friendships that fill my emotional tank and make space for that and not feel guilty about not being able to spend time with everybody. Um I think just physically, try as much as I can. So I'm not certainly not a, a sports person, but I, I'm, I walk a lot. I enjoy being outdoors. So being outdoors in nature feeds me emotionally. So that's helpful to me personally. And and I think also recognizing what I have to give and what I don't have to give. In, in the story with Peter and John at the Gate Beautiful. The man wanted, he wanted money from them, and he's, they say to him, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have we will give to you. So they knew they didn't have the money. They knew what they had and what they didn't. And Greg often uses this example, which has been really helpful to me. If someone comes and says, can I have $1,000, and you don't have it to give, there's no guilt in that. Mm-hmm. And I think emotionally we have to be okay to say, no, I don't have that to give. And it's not... It's not being mean. I can't feel guilty about it. I just don't have it. I don't have it in my emotional tank to give. So I think it's learning to say the yeses and nos is being taken. I'm responsible to take care of my emotional state and nobody else is really responsible for that. Wow. You know, as it feels like when if somebody's car breaks down or the battery's gone flat and they have jumper cables, uh, they plug the cables onto their battery and they plug the cables onto your battery and then they start the car. And sometimes on Sundays in a local church, it looks like there's hundreds of people with jumper cables, you know, because they run flat emotionally <laughs> yeah. and they run flat uh, spiritually. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're coming to you to hook up and, uh, and, that, and you're delighted. That's part of the ministry. Um, and so I, we found that there are two primary places that people need a jumpstart from us. They come to us for spiritual wholeness and, and, and maturity, and they need a spiritual boost. And they come to us for emotional wholeness because their lives are a mess, so they stress, so they come looking for peace or for wholeness or for wisdom. 
And so we've had to learn that the, the one that most people get right easily in ministry is the spiritual one, because we're always in the Word. We're always spending time with the Lord. So it's relatively easy to, to have that free-flowing spiritual jump start. What, what, if you're not careful, you miss the amount of emotional charge that's been required of you. And, um, you know, it's easy for our marriage is great. Our finances are in order. Our children are we're, we're in great relationships. Our friends are. And but you can go through a week because you've sat with this person as kids in rebellion and that marriage that's in a mess. And this guy is messing up with his money and that person over there. And you've gone through all the emotional and you've you've they've jump started their lives on you. And um, the simple truth is the, the input has to at least match the output. Yeah. So if you marry this 44-gallon drum, if you imagine that, and you've got a, a pipe coming in and a pipe going out, and if the pipe going out is bigger than the pipe coming in, you're going to run dry. Mm. Um, so the book really is, is about managing those two realities. It's about what, how can you manage the input and uh, how can you manage the output? How do, you, how do you make sure that what's coming in is at least as much as what's going out or preferably more so you can have an overflow? And one of the things that I, I think is... Uh, in the book from Wayne Cordero, uh, Michelle wrote that solitude is the chosen separation for the refining of your soul. But isolation is what you crave if you neglect the first. And so this deliberate setting aside some time to be with the Lord, to get in the glory, to hang out with him, to be replenished. Uh, that is a, that's a deliberate decision that I'm going to separate myself to be with the Lord. But if you don't do that, if you neglect that, Eventually, isolation. You start, I just want to get away from everybody. I don't have anything else to give. Jesus said, Mark 9, when he arrived and he saw the crowd, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the implication of that is if he is your shepherd, then you don't look harassed and helpless. And that's what Psalm 23 says. Mm. The Lord is my shepherd. I'll not be in want. He makes me to lie down. He causes me to drink at the still streams. So this, this book really is the practical outworking of many of those things, especially in the emotional wholeness realm that help people who are in leadership find the space, go, wow, I, I need to take this, I need to work this. And it's really helping people fill up their tanks. Mm. And, I, and I think self-care <clears throat> is a term that we hear all the time. We, it, it's a term that the world uses, self-care. Mm. And I think for me personally, that sounded so selfish. It really did. It's like self-care when there's all these people that God's called me to care for. But I think self-care is responsible. It's not selfish. As a leader, it's essential so that I can minister to everybody else. Because if I have, don't care for me, then I can't care for the sheep that God's given me. And again, Jesus modeled this. You know, He went and said, Father, what must I do? He asked the disciples to get a boat, to take him to the other side. All the time we see this, and yet as leaders we struggle with it because there's always another need, right? I mean, we know there's always somebody with need and God has called us to lead and he has called us to pour our lives out like a drink offering. So we do that, but we can't do that without knowing the secret place. So secret place ministry for me is absolutely essential. Just set aside a couple of hours in the week that's just between you and the Lord. And sometimes it's reading scripture because I love the word of God. I still have my old-fashioned Bible. It's <laughs> still all underlined. Um, it's weighty when we travel, but it's just like I have to fill myself with the Word for me personally. Um, but I also just need times of soaking. I need times of just having worship alone in my in my home. I'm definitely not on the worship team, but I need to have those moments when, like a sponge, you know, you put a sponge in water, it fills up. Mm-hmm. 
I have to fill me up so that I can fill others up. So I think I've learned the value of self-care because I know what it's like to get to the edge of the cliff. I, I mean, I'm sure if you're listening and you've led for any amount of time, you know what that feels like and it's it's a scary place. But I think I'm learning to live a little bit away from the edge of the cliff. But mm. the key for me is learning to dwell in the secret place. Yeah, as you both know, uh, and most of the listeners will know my kind of a classic message about the three cheers. Yeah. yeah. But I often say that one of the first thing that happens it starts with fatigue, mm. fatigue. Mm. And after fatigue, fear comes in. And then after fear, failure. And after failure, forsaken. You get isolated. Yeah. You see sure. with Elijah, yeah. you see it all throughout the scriptures. And I was just thinking about one of the things you are beautifully dealing with, which, which I think is also so important because that's what I want to establish to chair one. And you deal with a the strong foundation. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about that, uh, loving yourself, but also to, to having a strong foundation. What are some of the basic foundation that all of us need to have to build a life upon and find in the resting place? Because I think that's where there's some <laughs> deception is very deceiving. Yeah. And I think that so many of the times that that whisper that is in you either that can be guilt or it can be fear, it can be shame. Mm-hmm. There's all these things that brings you away from even mm-hmm. do not even know how to go into the secret place or even to be intimate with one mm-hmm. that you do not know. So what would be some of the things just I, I love you coming from a love based and grace based mm-hmm. <laughs> perspective. Yes, it yes. is so helpful. Uh-huh. I think I have to, I have to know, and I and I believe I do. I think we we know fully, but I have to know that God's for me. I have to know that He's good, otherwise I can't go into the secret place. And I have to know that whether I whether I I'm busy doing or doing and doing and doing, or whether I do nothing, that His favor is still on me. And I think for many leaders, it feels like if we're doing a lot for God, then God is pleased with me. Mm-hmm. But I think when we get to the place where we know that he's pleased with me, if I never do another thing, then he's still pleased with me. And for me, that's foundational, that his favor is on me. He loves me because I think we we can focus on how we love God. But when we come into a heart realization that he loves me, you know, that he is... He's a father who I can go to at any time. And if I can just sit with him for days and his favor is still on me, then I can easily go into the secret place. If I don't know that, like you say, that's a scary place to go. But for me, when I in this, the secret place is a place of intimacy. It's a place of safety. It's a place of warmth. It's a place of replenishment for me because it's always a place with a good father. And a nice thing, and by the way, the title of this book is Living Refreshed. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah, that, yeah. as I mentioned, that nine out of ten of the leaders <laughs> that I just saw this week, yeah. that was, if you say, what was one of the primary need? It is actually, uh, we want to live <laughs> refreshed, but how yeah. do we live that lifestyle? Yeah. Not just have a visit of, yeah. I got a little water so I can make it for another week yeah. or to the next event, but how do I live a lifestyle of refreshment? And one of the things I know that both of you do very well is relationship and the importance of relationship and how that is so much part of the very DNA that keeps yeah. us refreshed. So mm-hmm. share a little bit about how do you do that, uh, both, I know, husband, wife, but also with your leadership team and how, yeah. how does a lifestyle work, the covenant yeah. relationship? I think, I think what Michelle said, you know, we start, she starts the book in the first part of caring for yourself and all some of the details that we've spoken but, but the second sort of category is strong foundations, which really is 
building a strong marriage, uh, parenting while you're ministering, uh, setting up your home as a haven for the family to, to connect, uh, using your home as a tool for the task in ministry. Um, there's those, those kinds of things that we think are foundational. Timothy 5 talks about if you can't stand in front of, if you can't lead your family, well, you can't lead the church. And so um, there's this very interesting uh, preclusion there, um, which then sets a very high priority scripturally on our relating to our families. So the, the, the nourishment of a, and the investment in a great marriage um, is, is massively important if we're going to adhere to Scripture. Um, having children as our first disciples, that they grow up loving the Lord and serving Him and ministering and uh, running down the call of God. Uh, it's a great passion and principle of ours that you have an inheritance from whatever you honor. And therefore, if our children grow up honoring us, they take everything that we've fought hard for is theirs by uh, inheritance. And they step forward from that place. And so um, the ministry that God has called us to is supposed to last multi-generational. Um, so there's, there's some really practical foundational stuff like that, building into families, building into uh, relationships. And then uh, she gets into part three on other relationships in terms of friendships and how to live unoffended and how to develop friendships and recognize and really a focus on how Jesus um, related to women. So I think there's... Um, uh, for us, a, a tremendous value on some of the things that are perceived to be less spiritual. Because um, one of the things we, we minister to a number of countries in Africa, 500,000 pastors at a time, and you'll, you'll find that uh, I was just recently in Uganda. We did a, a conference there. We spoke about this issue, about how do you build it into your family. And um, the, the bishop got up who was leading the meeting, and he asked over 500 pastors in the room, how many of you ever heard your father um, speak a word of encouragement or blessing over you or whoever put you to bed and told you a story or prayed with you and not one of the pastors these are pastors in the room put up their hands and so you realize that there is this tremendous lack of just basic nutrient to, of people looking after their family loving one another being kind and generous to one another within the family and, and uh, so if we're not careful the ministry will squeeze the life out of you and it'll squeeze the life out of your family and so uh, we fight for that as a basic uh, foundation. And then from that foundation, real friendships, the ones that, as Michelle said earlier, minister to you and don't detract from you, don't draw from you. Uh, everybody understands we, we didn't go into ministry to be comfortable. We went into ministry to be poured out like a drink offering. We get that. Mm. But I want to be poured out for 50 years, not for 10, and then die. You know, we, we want this to be lasting. And so I don't think that's what the book's for. And I think we've seen, and I'm sure you have too, and even experience it, it's 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 easy to become isolated when you when you're leading a ministry, leading a church, leading an organization, leading a business. It's easy to become isolated because there's only so much you can share with everybody that's around you. But again, Jesus modeled this. You know, he had, and I speak a little bit about this in the book. But he's he had his three, and then he had the twelve, and then he had the crowds, and it was John who. You know, leaned his head against Jesus' chest. There was an intimate relationship with John. Peter, James, and John were his three, and he he mentored the twelve and he ministered to the crowds. But he shared his life and the secrets of his heart with with only three. So, I think we've realized we need people in our life that we can just talk to. And I'm fairly introvert and don't easily share my heart. And that's been more of a well. Who can I talk to? <laughs> it's like I need someone 
to talk to and then you can feel guilty about saying too much but we need people where we can just say I'm having a bad day or I'm not coping with this or would you please pray for me and I think that's a, that's a safeguard for us yeah. as leaders to to have vulnerable places where places that we we, we don't always have to be okay um, but I think we've seen many people just hit the wall and not do well because they didn't have that who can I talk to and that sometimes will be seem like an exclusive group but we are created for connection. Yeah. God, when he, when he created us in our mother's womb, we were created for connection. Mm. You know, it's not good for man to be alone. Right from the very beginning in Genesis, Jesus had friends. He ministered in team. Mm. We see that throughout scripture. I think it was King Solomon appointed somebody to be his friend, part of his committee. One was appointed, I think it was Zabed. I might be getting that mm. wrong, but he appointed someone to be his friend. So I mm. think this, I, I want to say to leaders, you need, friendships not just ministry partners but you need you need friendships and you, you talk about covenant friendships we need that and that's a safeguard it's a protection it's something that refreshes us jesus went to bethany to lazarus and martha and mary he spent time with them and he went and ate a meal with them that's where he could probably let his hair down and we need places like that because i think it protects our hearts yeah that's beautiful yeah. yeah, I just uh, to say there's so many things stirring in my spirit just because my own journey, I think I've, I've shared with the world openly and honestly that I, yeah. I think I've done well in the last 19 years of loving God yeah. and also loving the world. But I am in the process of learning how to love myself better and how yeah. does that look like? Because I do know there's a limitation and, yeah. and it's been a struggle, but... Uh, and a lot of the times it's just practical tools a little bit yeah. similar to what you do here but it's finding some of those things that makes you sharper and the things that dulls you in yeah. regard to income compared to expenses and I found mm -hmm. so many practical things uh, just living unoffended and, yeah. and you're dealing a whole chapter with this which has been when I meet people in ministry, it's an impossibility. <laughs> if you if you want a John in your life, yeah, you yeah. will also have a Judas. You yeah. will. Oh yeah. And so if not, what you do is you stir like the atmosphere, but it loses creativity. Yeah. And just realizing the pain of that Judas can also be the very thing that where I'm not going to let anybody get close again to yeah. me. But then yeah. you're losing out the very thing that you need. Of mm -hmm. you wouldn't have that John, or you wouldn't have the Peter James yeah. John if you were so fearful that I'm going to get hurt again. So mm -hmm. uh, how do you deal with if you can call offenses and forgiveness and just some of those basic things? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I know that you guys have gone through that, and and I'm sure that you have some sheep bites somewhere. <laughs> we do, we do, <laughs> we do have sheep bites. We can show you, you the scars. Yeah. yeah. Um, something that's been a helpful distinction for me is that forgiveness and forgiveness is a command yeah. and we are commanded to forgive one another for our good and their good I really can't afford to carry offense because it poisons my spirit I think for me personally forgiveness has been easy it's been hard to get over betrayal mm. if I have to be just really yeah. brutally honest that takes more time, but it doesn't mean that I'm getting, I haven't forgiven. And I think also realizing that reconciliation doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be best friends again. Reconciliation happens at the cross. Reconciliation is I'm going to walk in forgiveness. But reconciliation relationally has to involves trust. It involves rebuilding a bridge. And 
I think, like you say, offence is inevitable. It's it's going to happen. But what we do with it, how I handle it, is key to my well-being. Mm. Because it can either destroy me or it can strengthen me. Mm. So I, I've, I think I've learned to choose to forgive. But that doesn't mean the emotions all come back and everything's fine again. But Jesus modeled that as well. You know, he for, while we were yet sinners, Christ died and modeled forgiveness of all our sins for us. But I think as, as leaders, we are, like you say, Leif, we are going to get hurt. You know, I don't think there's, there's a leader that's been in any organization, ministry for any time that doesn't have some sheep bites or doesn't have wounds because we're working with people. And... And when you start to look at a lot of the sheep, you'll find out that a lot of shepherds has bitten the sheep. And yeah. they have a lot of bites Unfortunately, too. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, so. the sheep have been bitten. Yeah, so, so you and have lots of kind of a hurt people, yeah, hurts people. Yeah, and, exactly. So. And sometimes I've, I've hurt people. And yeah. not, hopefully not on purpose, but yeah. I have. You yeah. know, I still get, you, you didn't greet me in the hallway. And it's not intentional. And I hate those things because I love people. But we're going to hurt people, and how do we handle that? And I think we've got to, when we find out, we've got to say, man, I'm really sorry I didn't mean that. And then we have to deal with people hurting us. I I think if we don't, if we don't risk again, we're also not, I think a lot of people isolate because they've been so hurt, and I get that. But I think every relationship we have to risk again because we're still called to be in relationships. So every new friendship, every new connection, Especially when you've been hurt, is there's a risk attached. I think it's worth the risk because we're called to be, live in relationship. But offence is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've often said that you know the, the the place where the enemy attacks you most is the place of your greatest potential and strength. Yeah. And so um, inevitably, that means uh, the enemy is going to attack our love for other people. Mm-hmm. It has to come because that in that place where we love one another, that's where God lives, and there's power and glory. So the, the, the attack is always going to come from the enemy towards relational uh, stress. And if we don't learn how to deal with that, we, he's just going to end up stealing from us. So we, we refuse to let the enemy steal from us. Uh, our, as you said, a vulnerability and openness, a heart that is uh, willing to love again and, and, and if necessary, be deceived or, you know, um, somebody be, be mean to us or harsh. Um, so I think that uh, the enemy is pushing against uh, real love relationships. He's pushing in strong discouragement right now across the body of Christ everywhere we look. Um, because if people are discouraged, they won't walk into their inheritance. Because that's the biggest word to Joshua, be full of courage, be strong. And because that's what's required for you to, to walk into the promises. And so I think um, Michelle deals with both of those in the book. Uh, this is the reality of where we are. Um, we refuse to let the enemy steal from us. And there's some very practical things and there's some really strong stands we can take in the spirit to say, I will not. I will not have you take away my inheritance. I won't have you take away the relationships that were designed by God to produce tremendous life in me. I think for me, something that's been helpful to heal my heart in situations like that is is to speak blessing. And I honestly haven't always felt like it. But to just speak blessing, you know, to to bless, the scripture says, bless those that curse you. Again, it doesn't mean there's this, there's not always a great reconciliation. We have beautiful stories of reconciliation in friendship, Mm -hmm. which we're thankful for. But we still call to bless. You know, the temptation is to, to lash out because you've been hurt. But we can still speak blessing. We can still pray and Sometimes it's a conscious decision to play to pray for those that have hurt you, mm. because the favor of God is still on them. They still 
loved by the Lord, they're still brothers and sisters in Christ, though maybe the relationship isn't as it was. But I think that's more for my own for my own healing. I was just thinking about Job forty two ten. It says when Job blessed his friends. Yeah. There was of course the ones that betrayed him and yeah. Yeah, God restored yeah. double of what he had yeah. before. But it was at that moment a tipping point happened. Mm. So I was just thinking about yeah. that verse when you were Amazing. sharing. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So he marked them for blessing. And when that happened, Absolutely. it was a shift that happened in regard to it. A double mm-hmm. for his trouble. <laughs> yeah. That, that just That's came good. I was just thinking about one of the areas that when I first, because Jennifer and I, myself, we had the honor of doing the forward. Mm, thank you so book. much for that. Yeah. And, yeah. And what a, but again, suddenly I realized, wow, this is a practical book for women living refreshed <laughs> but the more I started to read it we were reading yeah, it together yeah. in a bedroom yeah. and then we kind of was going to combine together the four yeah. but I realized at least 90% of us yeah. men including myself Absolutely. that this would be as much for men I know that you yeah, you kind of have wanted to destine it for all the women to be blessed here but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about at least yeah. I'm saying at least 90% yeah. of the men including myself yeah. uh, this is a must read mm-hmm. because of I mean even for me just even as a guide if I yeah. oh, chapter 23 mm-hmm. offense or yeah. it's even something you can go back to and that's what's happened to me even uh, this morning yeah. I looked and Jack Taylor was reading this morning <laughs> I think also you can read through it and, and read it the first mm-hmm. time and then let it read you but yeah. then going back and start to see oh this came up and you have a memory song yeah. go back to that very tool so I'm just even encouraging us uh, as this book is coming <laughs> out also that you're going to see uh, that we men uh, mm-hmm. probably may need maybe even more than women a lot of these practical mm-hmm. things just to be able yeah. to live and love well as well as to uh, to, to watch some of our emotional attacks yeah. because so many yeah. of us are lions and achievers and I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah. here can help us to be lamb in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. I think, and, and you're right, I think a lot of it is just practical leadership principles and things that we've learned as a couple in ministry that we've watched other leaders do well um, I quote quite a few different, you know, different people that we've listened to and books that we've read because we've mentored ourselves through reading. But I, th- I think the reason I put for women was because it's through my lens. Yeah. You know, as as a woman in ministry, I guess it's through the lens of mm. my life, through the lens of ministry as a as a woman in in the local church. But you're right. I think it do- there's a lot there that's really practical across the board, which is what my hope was. And yeah. I think many wives read the books to their husbands too. Yeah, that so that's there you that's go. the way men read books. Their wives yeah, read yeah. the best parts yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah. But I do hope it, that, it'll, that it'll just be helpful. Uh, you know, our heart is to see leaders sustained. Mm. Yeah. And I think that for anyone that are listening, I mean, again, I, I've said it before, but both Greg and Michelle, mm. uh, for these last years of mm. this journey, they are part of the board of uh, Global Mission Awareness, mm. but also beyond that, they are friends. Yeah. When I come home, mm. uh, people <laughs> will often ask me, what do you do? And there's a couple mm. of things I do. And one of them is I usually call Greg and say, mm. Greg, yeah. uh, it, it doesn't matter how busy, how tired, mm. whatever it is. But get together with Greg because yeah. of even the one chapter you're dealing about relationship. Yeah. It's one of those relationships that uh, yeah. uh, that you guys makes us better than what we are. And mm-hmm. even a little bit right after this podcast, we're going to go and just have a <laughs> dinner with Jack and Frieda. And we're just going to do life together yeah. and let that life flow. Because I know what that's going to do mm-hmm. to our emotional tank before yeah. we go to Birmingham tomorrow and then England next <laughs> yeah. week and so Norway and it's just yeah, yeah, all yeah. over the place. Yeah just to be able to stop yeah. in the middle of it, having those pit stops and mm-hmm. recharge, yeah. fill up, 
and yeah. then your love tank comes mm-hmm. up and so I just think that there's so many tools here that mm-hmm. you have given us just mm-hmm. the wisdom you're giving us with life but now to be able to make that available to the rest of our family oh, mm-hmm. thank you and God. honestly you and Jennifer model that well because yeah. you're relational people yeah. she's so warm I don't think she has she knows a stranger yeah. but you guys <laughs> model that and we've learned that from you you know given the, the global yeah. ministry and the scope that God's called you to you right. still make time for friends yeah. and we've we've honestly no, bragged on you with other people like that because yeah. that's rare mm. so the way you handle friendship and the value that you place on it is very rare right. and that's... so thank you for for modeling that yeah. i want to make sure that people know practically speak how to get hold of it because even if we can sit there and yeah. have something very very valuable yeah. and i know you have a website and yeah. uh, but as the saying is called living refreshed by michelle Haswell, I'm going to make sure that Global Mission Awareness, that there's a place here, at least you can click no matter what. At least you can have access to it, but then also how to be able to point so that you can you can find out how to be able to get this treasure in your hand. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I get the easiest way is Amazon. Yeah. It's uh, You can yeah. both order it from Amazon. The, the If you if you um, old school and you like paper in your hands and you can get the book, uh, if you like me and you want uh, the Kindle version, that's available too. So that's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, you can also go to our website, haswellministries.com. And, uh, you How do you spell Haswell, just for H- some of us? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It's H-A-S-W-E-L-L, Haswell, yeah. as it sounds. So it's Living Refreshed by Michelle Haswell, and Amazon has it all over now. And that is beautiful. I would like you to, maybe both of you, just to pray over mm-hmm. all of us that are listening. I think there is a special yeah. grace in this season. Yeah. I know I just sat right before this podcast mm-hmm. If you say, what is my biggest need in this yeah. season? It's this very thing. This is the honest truth. I just talked to Kaylee. There's yeah. so much amazing things that is coming in our way. Yeah. But it's in the middle of it. How do we be able to do that in such a way that we, I want to finish well. And something in my spirit, it was John 17, 4, where Jesus says, Father, I have glorified you here on earth. And I finished everything that you called me to do. Yeah. And it's so much of my heart is for every person that is listening, that, that you will live such a lifestyle of glory, but that yeah. you will finish everything that God called you to do. Mm. You will finish well. And yeah. I was just thinking about Billy Graham when he went home <laughs> to heaven and could yeah. just see he finished well. So if that's for a housewife or that nurse or you're there with small yes. little kids, it doesn't matter where we are at, but that we're living a lifestyle of glory, but we also finish everything that God called us to do. Not all the things he did not call us to do. And I, I think that's right. what this book is giving us the grace for. Yeah, I love yeah. We, we, we felt like the Lord gave us a ministry of the callers spring where um, Samson uh, kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And uh, he calls it jawbone hell because it's just a thousand bodies piled up together. But he, when that's finished, he throws away the jawbone, but he's exhausted now because the anointing lifts and he's exhausted to the point of death. And he, he calls to the Lord and he goes, Lord, you've given me a great victory, but if you don't help me now, I'm going to die. And the Lord opens up a, a, a hollow in the ground and water comes and he drinks and he's refreshed. And I'm intrigued by the supernatural provision uh, of natural resource. And so many people in the ministry, can we function in the glory, we can see the, the wonders of God. But at the end of that, uh, there's a place to call. And um, he changed the name from Jawbone Hill to Caller's Spring. Hmm. And, I, and so I'd love that we'd love to pray because there is a moment for us who are in ministry to call out to God and he can make of this place. A caller's spring that we call yeah. out and say, Lord, I have 
practical needs. I, I need emotional wholeness. I need yeah. a relationship with my children. I need uh, my spouse and I to get back together again. We need some money. We need some time. We need a vacation. The the practical realities of a call is spring, and we'd love to. to we've seen God do miracles here, so we want to want to pray. So, Father, we thank you for all those listening, Lord. We thank you for, for Leif and Jennifer and what they've modeled, Lord. We just speak refreshing over them. But, we, Father, we speak refreshing, Lord, over each one that's listening today. Father, we thank you that there's always an answer in you. Lord, we thank you that you have provided the secret place, Lord, for us to dwell in and find stability again. And so, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, for each one, Father, that's listening to this podcast, Lord, I just speak refreshing and wholeness and strength over each one in Jesus' name. Father, we make of this a podcast, a caller's spring. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And Father, Lord. incline your ear right now yeah. to everybody who's who's calling out to you, Father. I thank Amen. you thank that you, miracles Lord. are coming. Amen. And Father, we release miracles in Jesus' yes, name into Lord. the life of people who are listening right now. Pour I release, out, Lord. Lord, wholeness yeah. and emotions and, and uh, encounters with you. We release, thank Father, you, finances. We release yes. vacations. We release, Lord, um, administrators to surround people. We release, Lord, yeah, wisdom supernatural and provision. supernatural provisions of every Mm -hmm. Lord, Lord, this is the call of spring and we're calling out Lord, for the supernatural provision of natural need. Mm -hmm. And we trust you in Jesus' name for the answers. Amen. And I just want to encourage for anyone that are listening, send me also an email, send me a text, tweet. But I just want even to make some comments. As you're reading this, this becomes a practical reality. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We would love to hear your testimony. But I I want us to do it together. I am committed myself in this season. I read the book the first time, but it was more reading it to do the foreword and to endorse. But I'm reading this time for me to be able to make sure that that I will be living this message. I will live a lifestyle that is refreshed. So when you see me in different events, you're going to see that uh, I'm coming from fullness, not measure. So I encourage you to do the same. Let's do this journey together. God bless you.